Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Get all, I'm just telling you, get over it. Grow up and deal with your own heart and quit being everybody else's judge and let God change you. Amen? I don't care what's going on. Let him change you. And we're going to be talking about deception. It, if you don't have the grace for something, there's a reason. And it's not because of the other person. Amen? The, the, the church in America has got to get um, strong in Christ. Amen? Because you listen to what our forefathers did and how many died for this nation and what they've suffered. And we all get upset if somebody, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. We just get, the devil can get us upset over almost anything. So anyway, it's, it's the year of killing your flesh. Amen? Amen. And getting totally free by the Holy Spirit and the conviction. And I be thinking, I want to change the name on Tuesday nights. Because, but I don't know what, I, I don't, especially after our little visitor, I don't want to make it too strange, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I also don't want to stay away from what God says because Satan perverts things. But what we have on Tuesday nights is, um, and those who watch, who seriously participate and they're not on Facebook while they're watching, how do you know people do that? Because that's how I watch stuff <laughs> on YouTube when I'm home and I listen to some of it and if something catches my attention, Okay, so if you're doing that, why don't you just turn it off and not worry about this? Because the God is not looking for half-heartedness right now. But sanctification is putting everything on the altar so the fire of God can come and completely destroy what doesn't belong inside of you. And that's what we do on Tuesday nights. That's what we've been doing for years. That's what we do at conferences. That is why we have so much authority when we pray. Amen. And people can say what they want about me. I know where I walk in authority. I'm not pretending. I'm not playing games. I'm not doing patty cake with people. I know where I walk in authority. I know who I hear. I know the voice of the enemy from the voice of God. And I know when anything happens and somebody else could be completely demonized. And I don't worry about that. I ask God what's going on in me. Amen. And, if you, and people who are tired of, you know, tired of what's wrong with them. Well, that's the bad part because you identify it as you. I'm tired of the enemy being any part of me and I want him out by the blood of the lamb, the word of my testimony, the conviction of the Holy Spirit and placing my heart on the altar before God to make me like gold. And I, it's, I'm nobody's judge. If you want to stay wood, stay wood. If you want to stay straw, stay straw. If you want to stay, I don't care. You don't get it. You're welcome here if you're wood. You're welcome here if you're straw. You're welcome here if you only want to go for the silver. And you're welcome here if you're completely hungry to be gold. Amen? It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change. As long as you're not hurting somebody blatantly or whatever, something biblically that God wants to deal with, fine. Do whatever. Be comfortable. Keep any 
thing you want. Amen? Keep it. You can still get to heaven with most of it. You might not become the bride, but you can't have your, your motives have to be pure. You can't even do any of this out of fear. You can't even do any of this out of being shamed. You can't even do it. This has to come from hunger. David did every horrific sin almost you could think of. The difference between David and Saul was David had a heart after God because David's repentance was unto the Lord. And so a lot of what the Lord's doing in this hour is especially for, I believe, our, the U.S. church because we're so, so, like I said, I went to the, the, the play, and I'll just say this on there, the play at Sight and Sound in, um, Lang, near Lancaster on, about David is through the roof anointed awesome. Just amazing, L- amazing. If anybody wants to go somewhere for something this summer, and I'll tell you what, I'll just say, because it was so good, there's a little Amish hotel, and it was wonderful, and it's in Bird and Nest or something like, Bird and Hand, I think it's Bird and Hand, and it's just a, I, I can't think of the exact name, but it's a little Amish, um, brand new Amish hotel, and the food, oh my gosh, um, you felt like, felt like we were on a cruise this whole time, because the Lord really treated us well, amen? And, um, but anyway... I just, um, I haven't eaten, I didn't eat hardly any yesterday, today I haven't eaten again, it's like I can't take but one meal right now, I'm so tired of eating, amen, I like, I've had it, I just want to go back to a little bit of yogurt in the morning, a light lunch, and eating something with my husband that I cooked, which means it's not going to have that many calories in it, and it's not going to be that good, I'm not going to want seconds, anyhow, so (laughs) that's just how it works, not the all-you-can-eat buffet where everything is so good, even if you take a bit, but but the Lord is doing this thing right now, okay? It's being prophesied by prophets, okay? I am not looking for the serpents in you. And I highly recommend you don't look for the serpents in each other or in me. I highly recommend you see what Satan has in you and deal with it. And if you don't, as long as it's not breaking some horrible sin that's going to keep you out of heaven, you're welcomed here. Amen? And new people coming in, they're welcomed here. And God's going to be testing us, and he's going to be putting us in the fire, and Satan's going to try to stir stuff up. Okay? And the only thing I can say about that is let God deal with your heart. If you haven't learned that by now, then I, I don't know what you think we teach. Amen. Holy Spirit, show me me. Holy Spirit, show me me. So he's been showing me me. He's, he shows me me all the time for years. And I usually, almost always, tell you all and repent of it. I will say this. If you're going to judge me, then have fun. That's between you and God. Amen. But if you want me to take you serious when you think God's given you something for me, then I, I would like to see some brokenness in you where you've ever humbled yourself even once and made it right with me or someone else. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why is it, how many have apologized to people for areas where you've missed it? And if you haven't, you haven't made it right yet. And the Bible says, if you're offended, 
You go to that person before you take a gift to the altar. And that's in the new covenant. Amen? God's like, don't, the devil's going to try to use offenses. But you're not, I'm not, I'm not going to make things up that you think are wrong with me. Amen? I'm going to seek the Lord and find out what's really going on in me. Have, have I ever asked the Lord, Lord, show me something that you want out of my heart? He's never said, oh, dumpling daughter Cindy, there is nothing in there. That heart is so perfect and pure and holy. There is no evil in your heart anymore. Come and walk on the waters. So I take it as an awesome privilege, even though it's hot in the fire, to be changed no matter what or how he chooses to do it. Amen? And everyone gets to choose if they want to be changed or not. Amen? It's really that simple. And, and the thing that will stop the enemy, the enemy's going to destroy so many churches in the upcoming season. Amen? Are you saying, I'm prophesying it because it's going to happen because there's a great shaking going on. It doesn't mean God's not going to heal it and restore it and bring things back around. It means God is going to shake everything that can be shaken. What does that mean? He's going to get everything out of you that he wants out of you. What does he want out of you? Everything that's not him. He's not going to change your personality. He's going to perfect your personality. He's not going to make us all alike. He's not going to make us all think the same and all. He's, he's not zombifying us. That's a religious spirit. Amen. He likes, he really likes variety. Amen. He likes variety. Everything about our God is about variety. Amen. And so we've got to begin to like variety. And let him deal with our heart issues. And so I, I'm looking for a name. Lorelai, you're really good at names. You're, you've, you probably came up with a name for my book I'm writing. So I want you to be thinking of a name for me. It's got to be from the Bible. And it's about what we do here on Tuesday nights and the conferences that are coming up. We put ourselves on the altar so God's fire, his holy fire, can come and change us, deliver us. Amen? That's what we do. And then we know we can walk in authority. Then we get closer to him. When you harden your heart against that, which means there's a spirit there that doesn't want you to go there, then you can't get any closer to God. And if you keep going after spiritual things and, and really trying to hang out with spiritual things and really try to go to the conferences and all these things, but God's not changing your heart, you will get off track because that's how the enemy gets a hold of true authority. Amen? So can we all embrace? And I say this because if you buy the lie from the enemy that I'm so tired of hearing what's wrong with me. Well, you live in under condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So ask God, why am I still living in condemnation when there is no condemnation? Amen? <laughs> what does the Bible say? You shall know the what? Truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen? Nothing else is going to set you free. Somebody just praying for you, and, and you falling down, and the power of God hitting you, praise God. But somewhere in there, Holy Spirit should do something to make you seek truth. Amen? Amen? 
And so we got to realize, but it's something to embrace. So break the lies. Break the lies right now that I'm just tired of this. I'm not. Yes, I'm sure you can go anywhere. And there's a lot of churches that aren't doing this. And they got a lot more people at them for a season. But that's up to you. Amen? That's up to you. I want to be holy because my God is holy. And actually, I don't want anything evil to be inside of me. I don't want to take new evil stuff in, amen? I want, I want to be free. It's for freedom that he sets us free. He wants us free. So he, when he sent his Holy Spirit, Jesus did everything it took to destroy, destroy, destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? He did what he did. It says in the word, he translated us from darkness into light. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. So how we used to handle things doesn't matter. How we used to guard our hearts, that's got to pass away. How we used to protect ourselves, how we used to see relationships, how we used to, how we used to, how we used to has to go away. Amen. That's not God saying he's not going to deal with hard issues. How do you know? Because I can read the entire old and new covenant and see where he says, deal with this, deal with this, deal with this. Why would he say, examine yourself to see if you're still in the faith, if it's just an instant thing because you're born again? None of that false teaching lines up. Amen? And so the thing is, the thing is, don't identify with what the devil has done to you and what he says to you and how he condemns you, don't identify. And the other thing, just as we're getting ready to go into some rough waters, I'm telling you, and I don't know how many little groups, but we'll have a lot more watching. Who are you? And the Lord had to, the devil's going to do stuff around us. It could be with our husbands, with our kids, with our friends, with the pastors, with whoever. He's going to do stuff around you to get you to break God's spiritual laws. Why? Because that's the only way he can get you once you're saved, right? So he's, the Bible says, who are you? So let me put this in. Who am I to judge another, to judge another man's servant? For to his, to his master, he will stand or he will fall. Which is going to say, stand of it's none of your business. But then I love this part where God says, and I'll make them stand. If Jesus is that master, he's going to make that person stand. They may go through a lot. They may have a lot of mess. It may not be till they're on their deathbed, but he is that faithful. Amen? So when we judge, we begin. Now it says to judge your own heart. Amen? And it says, for those who oversee churches or have leadership positions in churches to judge the sin in the church. And biblically, he'll show you what to do with it. But you don't judge the people. You don't think they've got to be like this. They'll never change. That all is a spirit we got to get out of our hearts. Amen? Amen? I'm, I'm not saying this to defend myself. You, you have liberty to between you and whatever. Judge anything you want, all you want. I'm just teaching you God's ways. Amen? And I am not going to come in agreement with the enemy against anybody. Even the horrific stuff we see in our politics, God could still deliver these people. Amen? But I'm not going to pretend it's okay what they're doing. 
I'm not going to pretend it's not spiritual. I'm not going to pretend it's not evil. Amen. And I'm going to pray how he wants to pray. But I don't want to get into a stance where I'm cursing where God says to bless. I don't want anything bad to happen to our nation to make me look like I know what I'm saying as a prophet. Amen. I'm going to fight. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to fight every single plan of the enemy, even when it's prophesied through a prophet that really knows God. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to hold back the Antichrist spirit. We're not, we're not called to just open the doors and let it come. We're not called to say, okay, well, that's going to happen because that's going to, we've got to get so free from lording it over each other, which is what covering doctrine does, which is why the elitists are doing what they're doing in our nation. We've got to get so free from judging. Do you understand what a judgment is? Because most people say, oh, I didn't judge them. No, the minute you say, I'd never do that. The minute you think, um, well, there's no way, you know, this could get me or whatever. All those things are judging. Amen. And they're breaking a spiritual law. And when you judge, the enemy is allowed. He has spiritual permission to get you to be judged the same way. He's going to put you in the situation that you're judging, which is probably why I find myself in so many situations because I was a very judgmental person. I would discern correctly, but then I would make a judgment about it. Now, let me say this because here, here's, all right, all right, I want you to get this, get this, get this, get this, get this. This isn't about, well, if I just don't say anything. Passive aggressive people, which means passive is I'm still making the judgment. I still got the demon jumping around and I'm releasing it. And anyone you don't even have to be a Christian to feel that kind of spirit attacking you. Amen? It's not about that. It's not about what I do. It's about what spirit am I operating in and why? Amen? Okay, so as we begin to look at deception, what am I operating in, God? Show me this. It's about a heart change. So when we're going to go through the teaching we said before about the things in the heart God wants to deal with, we're going to really do a strong teaching on deception based on the sign and wonder we had, based on what many prophetic voices are saying are being released at the church right now, a spirit of deception, a spirit to come in and cause division, a spirit, a serpent spirit, which basically means everything Satan has in you and has in me, he's going to bring to the surface. Wouldn't it be great if the church could be a team at helping each other get free instead of the judge of accusing and not looking at our own hearts? Amen. You look at your own heart. Why does that make me mad? Why do I get upset? Why am I acting like this? Amen. For me personally, my personality style is I'll get in your face and I'll tell you off in five seconds. That's my personality style. So when I'm being attacked, God tells me to shut up. It about it, it kills my flesh. I'm like, nobody gets to do this around me. And, and let me tell you, Paul says to die how many times? Daily. What does that mean? That means you're still in flesh. 
Could everybody pinch your little selves? You are still in flesh. You could have given everything to the God. You should have given everything to God. Laid your life down. I went through that thing which were coming up in 30 years, 30 years since Lauren went to be with the Lord. I know the day I died to living life for myself. Amen? But that doesn't mean every demon came out that day. And it doesn't mean that the flesh, Satan can only get in through the flesh once you're saved. Amen? Before you're saved, there's generational curses. Before you're saved, there, people can give you to Satan. There's all kinds of mess that can get demons in without, without you blatantly giving into the flesh. Amen? What you want. But once you're saved, they, don't just, they can't just come popping in. The devil's got to get you to operate in the flesh. And while operating in the flesh, Satan puts his hooks in you. And if he can cause you to be led by him, led by him in arguing, led by him and using, for me, it would be the personality to say whatever I would have said before I knew Christ. Well, I've known Christ since I was seven. So I never really cussed really bad. So you're not going to get a really bad word said at you. You may get a biblical cuss words said at you, but not anymore by God's grace. Amen. But you got to recognize this thing is rearing up. That's not a demon when it's the flesh. You can tell when it's a demon. Once you get good at discernment, a demon kind of jumps around and, and, and it just attacks your thinking and all this kind of stuff. The flesh is more like the devil baiting you and you're going to have that sometimes with your children, your grandchildren, your spouse. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Satan gets in through controlling your flesh, getting your flesh to respond. Okay? And if he can get his hook in, because he's now controlling your flesh. You said what he wanted you to say. You did what he wanted you to do. And pretty soon, if that happens enough, a demon gets in and begins to try to be in charge. Now, if there's a demon in there that you never got rid of, but you just fasted it and you've seen things, as we're going through this shaking, that thing's going to get to the surface, okay? Mm. Can, can I just tell you this, and I've just learned this from doing this for so many years? When it's the worst, you're about to be free if you make the right choices, when you're the worst, if you choose to give in to that thing and not admit he's in there and he's trespassing, he's probably going to take you down a really bad place. Amen? And so that's when you, the body cries. Don't just talk to people who are going to say what you want to hear. First of all, talk to Holy Spirit. With ears to hear. If you are blind, and when I say blind, he came to open the eyes of the blind. That's not just about natural blindness. I do believe it's going to be a sign and wonder of the power of opening the eyes of the blind when we get there. Blindness, you don't see it, okay? So know this, when you've been deceived, and it could be generational, it could be something you heard through teaching, it could be hurts in you, whatever. When you are deceived, you're blind. You don't see it. It's really let me see this. When Satan has you blind, recognize that's deception. Okay, get this. When you're deceived, you don't know it. Okay, you, you never know it when you're deceived. Okay, you never know it when you're deceived. Ever. Because then you wouldn't be deceived. You would either be blatantly sinning, blatantly agreeing with the devil, 
But when you're deceived, you don't see it. And when Jesus gets a part of setting people blind, but setting the people, first their, first their salvation, he came to preach uh, the gospel to the poor. Amen? Right now I just plead the blood of Christ over me, over everybody in this place. I cancel every witchcraft and passive-aggressive spirit being sent this way. Amen. Okay. Whew. Feel that. Ooh. Okay. So... So when you're, so Jesus came, first of all, this is a specific order on purpose. Amen. You got to get saved. You are deceived and in darkness and nothing you think or say or anything about anything matters, to be quite honest. Except take care. If you want to be a religious person, take care of orphans, take care of widows and, and do some good deeds. Amen. You will have a better life. If you're an unbeliever and you want a decent life, then live as close to God's laws as you can, like the Hebrews had to do before Christ um, died for their sins. Amen? You're going to have a better life. If you eat that diet, you're going to be healthier. If you don't do those sins, um, you're going to have a better life. But you're not going to be saved. Amen? We're in a better covenant. We are new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have to pass away. Amen? So Jesus came that we get saved. Nothing matters till then. Quit trying to change people who aren't saved. Quit trying to manipulate them. Quit trying to tell them how to live. Quit trying to tell them what to do and how to do it. It means nothing. Amen? Treat, teach them right, like, like the Jews did before salvation came. Amen? I mean, let's face it, religious people who try to follow God's laws, it brings death because it's not going to save them and they're deceived, but it's going to make them not murder people and not have affairs and, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's better, but it's not the covenant we're in. It's not the covenant we're in. Amen? So, that's first. Second thing he came to do is heal the brokenhearted places. That's second what does that mean? There are hurt places in people strategically put there by Satan to cause us to react like we did in wrong relationships, to act like we did when our mother hurt us or when our father left us or whatever. They're purposeful hurt places. They're there so Satan can control our flesh. They're there so he can trigger whatever he put in there for you to handle it without Christ. Amen? So let's get over that stuff is going to show up. Just quit defending it, hiding it, or pretending it's not there and blaming somebody else. Okay, it doesn't matter. If I don't have grace for something, if I don't have grace for something, I could, there could be somebody who's crazy. Everybody knows it. And just growling or whatever. I, still, I should still have grace. My look at scripture. Somebody says, um, give me your coat. And he, he, give me your shirt. Here's my coat. There's grace. Only grace can do that. That's not a formula. Grace says, okay, this thing thinks it's in charge. It thinks it can control me. What do I do, God? Just give me your coat. But they're going to think that I believe them. God says, I don't care what they think that you think. Can everybody get that? God doesn't care 
what they think that you think. Everybody is on this path individually with God, but corporately as a body. And his will is to work this out within us. That's why he said, don't hide behind the computer and not come to church as they're going to do in the last days. Because nobody is there in your house with you to help get stuff up that you have to deal with. That's why he has so many scriptures. If you're offended, you go to that person. If you do this, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything, the Bible says that you, this is scriptures he was giving me to deal with my heart issues. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that is evil. So the devil's gonna do everything he can to get you to go beyond that. Amen? I've been in a fire to try to get me to go beyond yes and no. So he wants to try to get you into arguments. He wants to get you into, into defending yourself. He See, the minute you defend yourself, the minute you defend yourself, you just gave, not a person, you just gave whatever spirit that's not of Holy Spirit the position of judge. How many would think if there's a spirit that's not the Holy Spirit that's being your judge, there's going to become some codependent bondage trying to happen? Can I get an amen? But then it's like, well, how do I handle? How do I? The Lord said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. When people have to walk on eggshells, what they call it, that's somebody who has a spirit trying to judge you, to control you, to, to twist, or, or it's you with that. Amen? So back to the thing. So when they need to be healed in a brokenhearted place, you need to really ask Holy Spirit, where have I been hurt? Every brokenhearted place is a strategy of the enemy that he used people to come and to wound you in such a way that you handled it without Christ. Amen? It's a big deal. It's the second thing he wants us to deal with. Why? Because if I cast a demon out and I haven't healed with how he got in, he's just going to come back seven times worse. But if I go and get healed and I see clearly, now how do you know if there's a place that needs healing of a brokenhearted place? Because it triggers something in you that makes you overreact or overrespond or shut down completely. That's probably not even uh, going along with what's happening right then. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So instead of defending your reaction, how about go to God and say, what is this? that just got triggered. And can I just make the suggestion that one of the reason God wants the church together, actively maturing and growing and understanding how to do this is because it is much, I believe the Holy Spirit would prefer to use people who know how to do this instead of tearing up your families and unbelievers and, and your jobs, instead of you getting fired at work, he wants to work this stuff out in the body. That's where the men's group 
can start helping each other. It is not biblical to murmur and complain and come against somebody else in any way to turn people against them or to blame them. Amen? Amen. It's like, what do I do biblically? Okay, what do I do? How do I see it? You know, the Bible's so clear how to handle these things. And it's a little, it gets complicated to me in the sense of um, you're not supposed to, okay, just biblically, you can't bring an accusation against an elder in the church without a witness. So that's the protection, but you don't know when this stuff is going to happen. So what does that mean? Well, that's obviously a place where God's saying you can't bring an accusation. That's not what's happening here. Amen? So, so deal with your heart issues. Deal with your heart issues. We've got to get so biblical here as we're walking through this shaking. Not just us. I am talking to every church. And when, when I send this to all the pastors that listen to us, I always say, they've got to do it this way. We have got to do this thing God's way right now which is exciting to me. I want to do things his way. Amen. It's going to kill some flesh. And if there's some demonic stuff, it's going to have me see it to get it out. Amen. Can you get excited about that? It's called letting the fire of God burn off everything that needs to burn. It is a great, powerful gift of our God to make us holy. And if we're blind in the area, you want him to send people to help you to see that who you know Deep in your heart, you can trust them. And so if the enemy can make everybody distrust everybody and everybody this and all this mess, he's going to show you, you need to cast down those imaginations and you need to, to pray what is going on. And you need to see your heart, not the other person's heart. Amen? Now you might see things, and maybe you're right, maybe you're not. But then you ask God, well, what do I do? And then you do it according to his word. The Lord, with me, with a couple things recently, he's been dealing, he's been testing me to see would I use my authority in him, my relationship with him to try to shame or manipulate or get people to submit to me and honor me. And there's a real temptation when you know you're doing what God's called you to do and it's a really big deal and then God allows or, ye, or stirs up whatever it is in everybody to teach everybody something. Amen? You overcome when you get to the next place, not if the other person does. Amen? Amen? It's just how it works. You overcome. See, I'm, I'm led by, by Holy Spirit. I want to be changed in every fire. Amen? And I don't want the hook of the enemy trying to order my steps or the enemy trying to tell me what to think about somebody else. Or I have to cast down imaginations. We have to learn this as a lifestyle as believers. Amen? I have to go to the Lord. Is there a hurt place? There's not always one, okay? I don't know that I have that many more really hurt, wounded places. Praise God, I've been doing this for 30-some years. Well, just not 30-some, 30 years. Because I didn't really start this part of this until Lauren went to be with the Lord, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Amen? 
I didn't realize how much that's the altar. I didn't realize how much I've laid my life on the altar. And I'm like, God, show me what doesn't belong in my heart. Show me any area I'm blind to. Can I tell you, how are you going to see where you're blind unless God's going to send people into your life? Even, even me, anyone. Amen. But then you have to go to him and you have to look at the fruit. And you have to look at what's being said. You've got to look, have I dealt with this past? Have I dealt with this hurt? Is this something that's always been there? What's going on? Amen? And so it's like, okay, Lord, what are you showing? Here, here's the conversation that I have in my head with God when this is going on. And I'm thankful I can hear God. Amen? But I have to say, when the enemy is really trying to, to do something dysfunctional or to set something up to hurt people, he starts talking. And then you're like, whoa. I mean, it's like, I'm casting this sucker down. Not, not any person. Amen? And so for me, a lot of times it was like, just be quiet. That really kills my flesh. Because I have, like I said, my personality has no problem telling you off. Some people's personality has no problem just, just being quiet and shoving everything down, but it's not Holy Spirit. That's when Holy Spirit will say, say what you need to say, but say it in love. Does everybody get that? So it's not what your tendency is. He's made us different. Amen? He's made us different. If you don't believe me, go read the difference between Peter and John the Beloved and David in the Bible. And he, it's, they're all different. Amen? He doesn't say, hey, you need to be like Paul. Oh, you know, you need to be, you need to be. No, quit being. You can only be who he's created you to be for what he wants to do in your life. And you can love and respect and honor what he's doing in other people. Amen? Amen? But you have to first, how do I say this? He's dealing with you. If you have a sphere of influence in someone's life, okay, what does that mean? Biblically, God has given you a position of authority in someone else's life to build them up and to help them. And I take that really seriously. Amen? Because I'm held accountable before God at my judgment on how I handled every single person who he sends through these doors. I will stand before God about that night when the Holy Spirit moved and basically we had to ask somebody who was in blatant sin over and over to not come back to this church. Amen? I have to stand before God and say how I handled uh, when there's been any, any disputes in this church. You don't have to do that. I have to do that. That's why the Bible says, don't many of you want to be teachers? I'm going to have to stand before God and anything I taught in error that I did not repent of and do all that I could to make right, I'm going to be judged on. And we need the fear of the Lord back in the church and we need the fear of the Lord in the people who are overseeing any kind of ministry. You need to have the fear of the Lord, whatever you do. If you're counseling and you're speaking into people's lives, and it's not what God says, you're going to stand before him and he's going to show you the consequences of what you said and what you did. Parents, same thing. You have authority in your children's life. You're going to stand before God. How many, how many are really excited about the blood? Amen? 
But true repentance means I'm turning from doing it that way. And anything you need, want me to do, Holy Spirit, to make that right, I'm going to do it. That doesn't always mean you're going to call somebody who has no idea that deep down you thought all these terrible things and then call them and say, I thought all these things, I'm sorry, and shock the heck out of them when they didn't even know there was an issue. Amen? And so it's like, God, you know, I think it's so exciting to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's like this awesome, uh, this awesome journey of dying to self, dying to the flesh, loving where you're, before Christ, you wouldn't have even stayed in the relationship or it would have been extremely co, uh, codependent, dysfunctional mess, amen? But with Christ, he can work it to good, amen? And he can make it a more, he can make it a powerful relationship, amen? He's amazing. He's really amazing. But we have to deal with our heart issues. So he says, so then we, so we have to heal the broken heart of places. And for those who are watching and those who will be watching, um, go to beautyforashes.org, go under partnership or mentorship. And there is all this kind of teaching and it's categorized, it's amazing. And if you really don't have any finances, we never say no to anybody. I think it's $15 a month. But one series would cost you more than that. Although everything's love offerings. So this way you can just do the search engine and find everything on codependency, everything on hate, everything on anything that God's dealing with in your heart. I'm going to say, we're at a season and a time where you cannot wait till that topic comes up on a Tuesday night or a conference. Amen? And I'm not saying I'm the only one who does this. There was, there's a lot of people, um, International Society Deliverance Ministers, there's a lot of people, this is all they do. It's not all I do, but it's one of the things he has me doing. Amen? So, so, and it's constant, all right? Like, I, I'm being seriously honest when I say I probably get convicted and change something in my heart almost every day. Almost every day. And so when, when people get the attitude, I, I'm tired of, th then you need to go back and say, Why? Why don't you want to be closer to God? Why don't you want to be holy so you can be in the presence of a holy God? Why don't, what is still holding you into condemnation? Amen? I'm not condemned. You can't be my judge and you won't condemn me because I'm not going there. Amen? I'm staying in Christ. I'm not jumping out where I can be under condemnation and your judgment and then get out of Christ. Does everybody get that? So when the Lord says, be still, be quiet, or he says, you need to say this, speak it in love. You need to do what he wants you to do because you are in battle. Amen? You're in battle. If you be quiet when you should be speaking or at least getting your emotions out there so you can try to have a real communication, amen, then you're going to be passive aggressive. You may not know it, but you're releasing demonic spirits at people, which is horrible. Is there anybody in here who's never felt a passive aggressive spirit hit you? Let me say it this way. How many have felt passive aggressive spirits hit them? Amen. And so we need to get to a place like, Lord, help us. I know the Lord's been dealing with me in the last few months about getting free from shaming people. This whole test is, I don't want you to have tyranny. I don't want you to have any tyranny in you. If you get into a position and authority and power with him, he doesn't want the devil to be able to come and take it. 
Do you know God would pour out apostolic power in a second if the church was ready? Everyone is capable of being a Judas. Everyone. Everyone is capable of being a Judas. Everyone is capable of denying Christ like Peter. Everyone is capable of any evil thing like David. And God wants us free. He wants us to know how to do this. We live in a different kingdom, you guys. We live in a kingdom where we got a king. We live in a kingdom where we have the close, we have God himself, Holy Spirit, living inside of us who knows what holy feels like and knows what holy looks like. And whether we like it or not, he is the sanctifier, which means he comes in with his fire and he says, oops, it's time to deal with this. Now, I believe he will first, and I can't say I can prove this, but I believe he first will try to deal with it with dreams or, or, or things you read in the word, right? He, he would perfectly be happy. I believe it would be his perfectly happy will to not have to bring other people into the situation and he himself, by his word, can convict you of sin. He himself. But guess what? If you're blind to something, that might not work. So what, what is he going to do? He's going to make you face that thing. And I really believe a lot of that he's going to do within his body. And then we just have to, oh, it's so easy, guys. This isn't hard. Just always go to him and say, show me something about me. And if he tells you, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, you're in deception. Amen? And every guard you have up, you got demons around anything that's been planted in you deep, deep, deep that are not going to want to be cast out. Very easy. So he heals the broken part at places. Then he can cast all that stuff out. But then his next thing, which isn't as easy as that, is he opens the eyes of the blind. And, and with, I do believe when we get to that level as a church and as people filled with the Holy Spirit, we will see creative miracles. We'll see creative miracles. How many would like to see creative miracles? How many know we don't see that many yet? You don't see that many people whose legs get completely healed who were crippled, right? Whose eyes open or ears open. And we don't see that yet. Let's just be honest. We don't see that that much yet. Well, because we have to get to that place of opening the eyes of the blind. Well, first, if there's the spiritual blindness, in other words, you don't see it. I did not see that I had greed in my heart that set up the thing for the devil to do to, to, to kill my daughter, okay? I didn't see it. it. It probably could have seen it if I even heard her teaching about it, but I don't know if I would have received it, amen? God, by opening our eyes to the areas where we're blind, he's really trying to protect us. He's really like, let's deal with this so the enemy has no way to hurt you to hurt your relationships, to take away your authority, to get you off track in your, in your seeking the Lord. Amen? So it's an awesome thing. I, I Personally, I think it wouldn't hurt every single church and every single pastor and every single leader to truly have time 
no, however they want to work it in, for a true work of Holy Spirit convicting us of sin and changing things and to train the people of God. You wouldn't wouldn't be trained and equipped. Okay, this is the best training and equipping you can get. Satan cannot do anything to you except what he has in you and he's going to try to get more junk in you. Can I get an amen? The only way for that not to get in you is to do what Holy Spirit shows you. And if you don't hear Holy Spirit or know what he's doing, then just give it to God and say, send me people who can help me. Set me free, God. I I just have to see this. Send me people who will love me the way you love me and set me free, even if I don't get it. Amen. And I'm going to say, I don't care. I'm not going to be concerned with the devil's counterfeit because his counterfeit is going to be so controlling and evil and disgusting. But you don't not do the real because of the counterfeit and you lay your reputation down to do what he wants. And you don't tell him no. Believe me, I was having some discussions recently and I'm like, some of them were pretty funny. Something I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to be in this situation again. And the Lord said to me, who are you to tell me what you're going to do? Who are you to tell me who is going to do what and who? This is not about you. He didn't call me princess, but he kind of felt that kind of feeling. Like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are telling me who should be able to do what? I said, you're right, sir. Don't think you're so close and friendly to a powerful God that you can just mouth off at him and have absolutely no reverence, fear, or, or love for him that if he cannot convict you quickly to straighten up, then you've already gotten into deception. Amen? I'm going to do what he says when he says it, and I pray every time. Missing it can be extremely painful. He'll still turn it to good, but wouldn't it be nice to have a life where he doesn't have to take your messes and turn them to good, but you just walk in what he has planned? Amen? It's really possible. So after we open the eyes of blind, we ask God, show me where I'm blind, God. If you're asking God to do this work, don't be shocked when he does. Amen. Don't be shocked when he does. If you're not asking him to do this work, he's still going to do it because he doesn't want the enemy to be in charge of your life. And and get off your thinking, well, I'm not going to do that. Because that was was my thinking. My thinking, I'm not doing this. And the Lord's like, "You're, you're doing this. Lord, I don't like doing this. And then you got to repent and he shows you his heart for what he has you doing and that it's a rescue mission. It's not a destroying relationship mission and he's going to do this. And if it turns out fine, if it turns out terrible, that's everybody's decisions, amen. But one day you will stand before the Lord and you'll give an account if he calls you to minister, amen. You will also stand before the Lord, Bible says, and you'll give an account, for everything that's come out of your mouth. Unless it's under the blood. 
And don't mean on your deathbed, everything under the blood. Ha, 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 snuck out of this one fast. Nothing's under the blood that you don't really mean it and see it and know it needs to be under the blood. It's not a formula. It is a gift from God paid for with the painful death of Jesus Christ and him tasting every sin that the devil could throw at him. It's a very holy thing. And it's not something cute and flippant to just say, well, I'll handle it then. We need to have a reverent fear of what he did and went through so we could be free. Amen. We, we have to get to that place. And so, so, so the last thing he says he's come to do in his, uh, where's that at? Luke, is this Luke 4, 14 or something? You think I know by now, but it's when the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. It's also in Isaiah. 61 and one through something. It's actually part of our, our uh, trademark, but I don't even know. Uh, whatever, Lord, he knows. Amen? Luke 4.18. And you can read the whole thing there. But, but here's the thing. The very last thing is apostolic power that's going to come. And that's when you will set at liberty those who are completely crushed. That is the schizophrenics. That is the mentally ill. That is the people with dementia. That is the people with Alzheimer's. That is the people who are born uh, with brain damage. Those are the people who cannot reason with the Holy Spirit at all and get free. How many would like to see that kind of power? That kind of, not so I get a poster and get invited on a talk show, but because he wants them free. He wants them free for his glory. He wants them free because he created them in his image and his likeness. And Satan came in to bash that. You guys, I don't know about you. I will not be satisfied with where I walk with God until I see that kind of miracle power coming out of the ministry he's given me. Because I want to give him his glory. But I also want what he paid for to happen on this planet. And for the people to see how good he is. And so whatever fire I have to go through. However many relationships can't handle it. Whatever. I'm going. Because he's worth it. And it's all for his glory. And I've never, ever gotten a victory until I saw what was in my heart. And what's in my heart is usually not what the devil's trying to say is in my heart. And I'm not buying what he's saying. Amen? Sometimes it might be. It puts this, even if it was, the devil's not the one going to tell me about it. The devil is not my Holy Spirit. Amen? The devil's not my Holy Spirit. God is going to deal with what he wants to deal with when he wants to deal with it. He knows how. Are we, do, or do we want to put ourselves on that altar? If you're here, you do. If you're watching and you can't be here for real, I get it. Praise God. Thank you for watching. People in other countries are watching and will be watching. For those who could be here, and you actually hide at home. 
you need to ask Holy Spirit if that's where you're supposed to be. Amen. When will we understand Holy Spirit orders our steps? The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The enemy wants to order your steps. He'll do it through deceit. He'll, do it, he'll try to do it through codependent relationships. He'll try to do it through shaming. He'll try to do it through anything. We've all got to get these things out of our hearts. So Holy Spirit is doing it. So if Holy Spirit really has people sitting at home and never coming to church, it's amazing. I'd ask him for a scripture for it, just in case you're deceived. Amen. But I'm sure there's some people, it's awesome that they can watch from home. It's awesome that they, they are taking care of somebody or have to get up early or whatever. Amen? I'm not saying he can't do that. He won't do that. Amen? But it's like, Lord. But here's the thing. If you're really watching from home, and it's really of the Holy Spirit, you should be repenting at the same time. You should be in convicted at the same time. You should, if it's really God. Now, I'll watch stuff just because I'll have it on because I really only, oh, except for HGTV, and that's when it's not something where I, um, where I feel like it's not good to watch. That's about it that I watch besides the news when he makes me, which is almost always on YouTube anymore, not even on any network. And other than that, it's always on something Christian. But sometimes it is kind of background, and sometimes I look up for things, because that's okay. But if he's saying, watch this, I watch it. And the anointing's there, and the power of God's there, and convection is coming, and he's doing his God thing. And it's amazing, because we can almost, in the culture we live in with all our electronics, have that 24-7 if we want to. Amen. And let me just say this. He should choose how we do this, not us and not me telling you. But you need scripture. It's the plumb line. You need to you need to find a scripture that says it's okay not to be an active part of a body of believers where God can do a work in you that he wants to do in you. Amen. Amen? Because we live in an entire subculture now that wants to just stay home and hide and act like they're okay with God. And truthfully, a lot of times it's just rebellion and you won't go and submit to what he is saying to do. Amen? So I want to look at this one thing on deception. Is this helping anybody? Because we're really, I'm telling you, and, and I, I don't say this lightly, this isn't a boo-hoo moment. We are going through the fire. The body of Christ is going through the shaken. We're going through, here's, here's, I want to jump into the fire. Because I want the Holy Spirit to burn everything out of my life that doesn't belong there. If I choose not to jump into the fire led by Holy Spirit, holding the hand of the Lord, then the enemy is going to come at me anyway and deal with those issues, and I will either see them or be destroyed. Amen? It's not like you can live this life and not go through the, not be dealt, and not be dealt with. God's trying to protect us with the fire. Amen? He's not mad at us, and that's why we're in the fire. He's like, you're mine. 
I need to change the way you think here. I need to change how you handle things. I need to change what you think about things. Amen. All right. Second Samuel 11, 13, 11, three. All right. Anyway, this, if you get an opportunity to see that play when it comes out, really watch it. I'm just going to go over the first part a little bit. What happens is David is supposed to go to war. But because of whatever reasons, and they came up with some things in the play we saw, but something was going on with David where he was kind of getting worn out or tired and he didn't go to war. Now, David was known to be a warrior, you guys. David slayed so many that he became famous and all the people, that was why Saul got jealous of him and all that. You know what I'm saying? So David always went to war. This time, David doesn't go to war. And because there's a probably high probability he's outside of God's will, we don't know why. Was it because now he was too popular? Was he too busy? Was he tired? Was he worn out? What was it that caused David to stay in a place he shouldn't have been to fall into a temptation that was going to set the course of horrible things for his life. And so here David gets out of God's will and he doesn't go to war. And his motive is off for that. Otherwise, this couldn't have been set up. Amen? Does everybody get that? So now... Was David just such a big shot now? Did David think he knew everything now? Did David think it doesn't matter? I have to be as hungry for God now? What was it? Now, if things didn't turn out like this, you could say, well, David was in God's will. But you can look at this and know David wasn't. Amen? So the next thing we see, David, for whatever reason, he's not out with his men. He's not out with war. He was known for going out to war. Just so everybody knows, he was known for that. Amen? So the next thing we have is David is now looking where he shouldn't have been looking. And in that place, he sees Bathsheba, which is kind of funny, her name, right? Bathsheba? <laughs> anyway, he sees Bathsheba <laughs> taking a bath. <laughs> Bathsheba. Anyway, so he sees Bathsheba taking a bath, and he doesn't turn his eyes away and repent for saying, oh God, why am I being tempted like this? What's going on? And let me just say this. If you look at a computer and see what you shouldn't be seeing, you're already out of God's will to be there on that computer. Can I get an amen? You're deceived to think you're having this great walk with God while you cannot have a reverent fear to say no to sin. God hates sin. It was Jesus who said, cut off your hand. It's better to go get into the kingdom with one hand than to go to hell with two. Poke out your eye is better. He said, why would he say that? And that's not for people who are legalistic. This is when if you're legalistic, you're going to lump around and cut off hands and poke out your eyes and go insane. His point is, this is how much he hates sin. Don't even think for five seconds he's okay with it. What he went through so you could be free is 
real. And you could be free that quick. That quick. Really? Yes. Hate what he hates and you're free. The question is, if you still sin, why don't I hate this? That's the question. God, why don't I hate this? And we can get all that. Go get the teaching on it. We've got teaching on it to really help you get free. See, if you take something like what we do at Beauty Frashes and you make it religious, then you have an excuse now to keep sinning because you're listening to teaching. You're listening to tapes. You've been trying. And you've made it a religion that allows you to just keep sinning because you're trying. I don't try not to sin. I quit sinning. How do you do that? I stay in the presence of God. When he convicts me, I repent. Amen? When I know, feel something's wrong, if, if I start to see the temptation, okay, if I see the temptation, why am I even there if I'm led by the Spirit to even be tempted right then? Amen? I'm watching too much of something. I'm hearing too much of something. I have to let God come in and have a conversation with your God. Amen? Mm, have a conversation with Holy Spirit and recognize he's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how are you? I have an issue. I know you know that. And thank you. Thank Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thank you what you did and went through so that Holy Spirit, my counselor, my comforter, my friend, my sanctifier, the very one who raised you from the dead, Jesus. He's right here. Do you think the one who raised Jesus from the dead can't get a devil out of you? Amen? You just got to believe it and quit being religious. So, he's, so David sends messengers and he took her. And she came to him and he laid with her. And she purified herself from uncleanness and she returned to her house. What She knew it was unclean. Whether she was raped, whether she didn't have a choice, she very much did not have a choice. The king could have anything he wanted. But for her to purify herself meant somehow she felt dirty. The woman conceived and she sent and told David that she, and she said, I am with child. It doesn't even tell you that David ever did it again, does it? David might have been extremely repentive. I mean, in the sense of, oh my gosh, what have I done? How did I do that? Because David did have a heart after God. So we, we don't know what was going on between David and God, when he did, did he just harden his heart and say, okay, it won't happen again, or I'm the king, so I'm able to do that. You know, I'm the king, so there was nothing wrong with that. You know, it's fine. We don't know, because God doesn't give us the inside information to what's going on in David, amen? But we can put ourselves in that situation and say, what would be going on with me? Well, we know he had a heart after God. So how many know there was the, the Lord trying to get through to him, Amen. 
David sent to Joab. Okay, send Uriah to me. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Now remember, that is Bathsheba's husband. Uriah came to him, and David asked the peace of Joab and the peace of the people and of the success of the war. Now, David's having a conversation. He sends Uriah like he really wants to know something. He brings this guy out of a major battle. Now, David's entire kingdom was about winning all these places um, to make the kingdom, the Jewish kingdom, big. Amen? Israelites, not called Jewish then, really. The is. Israelites to win over the enemies. Amen. So he comes and he's talking to Mike. I just wanted to know how is it going in the battlefield? How is it going with this? How is it going with that? So he said, okay, all right, get this right now. What are we watching? We're watching David walk out into deception, right? He is trying to solve a sin problem that he has through manipulating and trying to make something happen so that people won't know what he did. Okay, I'm preaching this on purpose so we can start getting free from how our yes isn't our yes, our yes be our yes and our no be. Say what you need to say. What if the person goes berserk? He doesn't say, let your yes be yes and your no be no because you're going to get a good reaction. Amen? The, the key is deal with your issues. How much better would it have been for David and his family and, and everything else had he not really repented to God after that and not tried to cover it up? He would have been ashamed, but guess what? He got shamed anyway. He would have... Um, he was looking out for himself. Bathsheba wasn't going to get in trouble. She was raped. Amen. So here's David. And so I want you to see, this is when, this is when he starts in deception. He wasn't deceived when he laid with her. Amen. He wasn't deceived then. Who knows? He, we don't know what happened. He could say, I'm so sorry. I, you were so beautiful. I don't know why I did that. Please forgive me. And, there, and she could have been, oh, you know, I, she's in shock probably. What's going on? Right? Now, if he had gone to God and really repented, how many know God would not let him keep this thing a secret? How many know God was not going to have Bathsheba and her husband have the secret between them. So David would have needed to cry out for mercy. Mercy is when you get, you don't get what you deserve, but you get mercy instead. You get God making a way for you where you deserve punishment. We need to be merciful in our parenting. Amen. Mercy triumphs over judgment, people. If David had gone to God and asked for mercy, he would have gone through something. But he would not have cursed his entire family. He would have not had watched a baby die. He would not have just murdered a person. 
he would not have then had his sons murder each other. He would not have had a son rape his daughter. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want you to see this. There were extreme consequences because he chose not to face God and ask for mercy. Isn't this powerful? You have to stop and ask God to show you your heart. You have to ask God for mercy. You have to do what he shows you to do, even if it's going to mess up your reputation. Even if somebody else, you know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, why are you getting me to apologize again? Well, what they did is so much worse, and they never apologize. And Lord goes, we're not talking. I'm not talking to you about them. I'm talking to you about you. But let me say this. You don't apologize for something you didn't do. Amen? You don't ever apologize for something you didn't do. He doesn't want you to make peace with a lie. Amen? But I promise you, he will show you something more than likely that you did. It's very rare that you have this completely thing going on and God doesn't want to deal with something in your heart. Amen? So then you find out what is it you really are showing me. For me, with some things that have happened recently, you went... You, you were good most of the time. In other words, you were obedient. You let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you didn't say anything outside of that. I was thinking it. I'll be honest. The flesh was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I'm like, no, no. Okay, God. But then I said something that hurt somebody's feelings. And I wasn't apologizing because I said what I was really feeling. But it was never my intention to hurt somebody's feelings. But when the Lord, when I was praying in the night, I'm like, Lord, show me, you know, because they're saying be a peacemaker when you can be a peacemaker. I'm like, Lord, how, how do I make peace in this or from my part of it as much as you can? You don't bow to a lie to make peace with somebody. There are going to be people who are going to be angry with you. There's going to be people who are not going to like you, that's between them and God. Can we all get there? Whole, and they'll get there to their master. They'll stand or fall. They don't, they, where, however they do that, wherever they go, that's between them and God. And I'm not talking about any one person. I'm talking about everybody. Amen. Usually when I walk through something, it's with three or four or five or six different people in different degrees to get me to the message and to get me to the victory he has for me. Amen. So I could be talking about you and you don't even know it. And I probably am. Anyhow. Okay. We need to always ask God for mercy and ask him to show us his heart. So if David had asked for mercy, so we need to ask for mercy for other people, amen? We need not, with what's going on in our political arena, we need to still ask for mercy, amen? Lord, can you please pour out mercy? So, so here's he, David's, so David talks to Uriah, and he says to him, hey, go on down to your house, wash your feet. And he's thinking, he, he's, David's thinking, he, his wife is beautiful, and he's been at war a long time. If I could just get him over there, <laughs> then he's going to do what 
husbands do when they have these beautiful wives and they haven't been with them a long time. Can I get an amen? So David's like, this is easy. I just got to get him over there. How many know that God's not going to let your manipulations work? And that was for David's good. Now, some say, well, look what it costs. No, this was in the heart. David, at this point, is not being led by Holy Spirit. David is being led by a demonic spirit of deception. He's trying to cover his sin. He's trying to make things work out. Let me say this. When you start trying to make things work out, something's wrong. Amen? Can I get an amen? When you start trying to justify and make things work out and try to figure out how will this work and how can I get this to happen and how can I get this person to do what I want this person to do, that's deception. That's manipulation. If you walk in any kind of authority, you're operating in witchcraft. Can I get an amen? And as we move into this time when God wants to pour out his power, we're going to see a lot of witchcraft going on in the body of Christ. There already is a lot. That's why you can't do what you were doing last year without dealing with what he wants to deal with and not cross over into counterfeit. And then you're deceived and you won't even know it. And yes, you can go to a fun church. But there's nothing about that in the Bible. You're supposed to be trained and equipped. You're supposed to be uh, in a place where the word of God can convict you of sin, where you can get into the word and see what God is saying and let him talk to your heart. Amen. What? See, the Lord's like, Cindy, you know this. The only way to not be deceived in this day when my warning is in the last days, many will go out deceiving many. The only way not to be deceived is to let me deal with your heart. Not try to change everybody else's heart. It's none of my business what's in your heart unless you walk through these doors and what's in your heart really starts hurting other people. And then, then it becomes my business. Amen. As I wish his ministry. It's my business because I have to give an account to God for how I handle it. But then if you don't want me to handle it, I won't. Can I get an Amen. I, I don't, you don't push ministry on people. Okay, you, you've learned that with your own kids, with your spouses. You don't become the Holy Spirit for someone else. Amen? And everyone gets the free will choice of if they want what you feel God is offering through your gifting or your calling. Amen? Everyone gets a free will choice to say, oh, that's not, you're messed up or whatever. You got that choice. I would just say if the Lord is coming to you, I would keep your heart teachable. And I would see what's trying to close off my heart. Amen? And I, it's really good to cast down imaginations. It's really good to see what is the enemy up to? You need to, what is the enemy up to? What is he trying to do? What is he trying to do to me? What is he trying to do to somebody else? Amen. What is he up to? Why? How do you, biblically, know the schemes of the enemy. It's being prophesied. It's being released. The church is in the shaking together. Amen. And I don't, and I know how to preach you. I know how to teach God's word in such a way, led by his spirit because of what I've been through, to know how to get through this. Amen? 
and to become more like Christ. And so we have to lay down, you know, relationships cannot be above my relationship with God. I can't say no to God because somebody wants me to. Amen? But I can, but Jesus never forced his perfect ministry on anyone, even when he rules the earth for a thousand years. Isn't that amazing? He was not a tyrant at all. So we can't be. And in whatever authority and whatever he's called us to, whether you have authority, you know, in a marriage, sphere of influence in a marriage, with your children, at your job, if you're in ministry, what, whatever, amen, you never force your calling or your gift on someone else. Amen? And one thing the Lord was putting in my heart, you don't make people honor you. You can't make your children honor you. You can teach them what the word says. If they choose not to honor you, there's consequences. And you could pray that you don't want those consequences. Actually, one of the first, one of the promises in the Bible, you shall have long life, on, honor your mother and your father, and you'll have long life on the earth. The Bible actually says give double honor to anyone who truly preaches this word. Double honor. That's what God's requiring of anyone who is in a ministry where someone preaches the word. They're to get double honor. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you what that means. You need to ask God, what does that mean? What does it mean? This little time he goes, you never require honor. I'm the one who wrote my word, and I'm the one who brings honor. And the Lord has just been testing me. When, and I look at other ministers that went from small to big overnight. And if they start re- demanding honor, if they start thinking they're important now, amen, then they're, they're, they're failing the test. The enemy is going to be able to get in and really do some damage. And I'm excited that God would give me these pre-little tests, amen? That's what the Lord's like. The Lord's like, it's not for you to lord it over anyone. It's not for you to shame anyone. It's not for you to require someone to come. It's not for you to do what the Holy Spirit's called to do. It's for you to teach what my word says. And then it's people who want to receive and ask God, what does that mean? Show me, teach me. Amen? I just would really encourage you to keep a teachable spirit. I, because of what God's called me to, I have to confront things all the time. And it's so awesome when somebody has a teachable spirit. And then we leave with, oh, yeah, I see. That's what, you know, and then, then they're hard. Because, because number one, the enemy can't get in there and try to hurt relationships. But number two, I've got to give an account. And you just made it easy on me. Amen. Not that you have to make it easy on me, but I like it when you do. Amen? I know this. And you can say you know this too, about you. If I do this things God's way, I'll be taken care of. 
just say that out loud. If, and talking about you. If I do this God's way, I'll be taken care of. I don't have to make anyone else do this God's way. I don't even have to judge if they are or not. It's really none of my business. Who am I to judge another man's servant? For to his master, he will stand or fall. And if his master is Jesus, he'll stand. He'll get through it. Amen? And it may not even be on their first go round. Amen? But before it's all said and done, God promises they're going to stand. Amen? How awesome is that? And he'll take care of you. Everyone, everyone, he'll just do it. All right. So we're already seeing here, David setting this thing up. But the husband leaves the king's house. But he lays down at the entrance of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord. He would not go down to his own house. <laughs> they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house. And David, look at David now like, wait a minute. I thought I had the perfect plan. I'm sure David's even thinking, God, this would sell everything. I already told you, you know, I'm sorry. This would take care of it. Let me say, you, I'm not saying David did this. It's not in the word. I'm just telling you based on how we would react sometimes. Sometimes you think your scheming is such a good idea and that you repent it and God should go along with it. God is dealing with the heart of a king. He's dealing with the heart of someone who has more authority than anyone in the world. And we need to pray for leaders because they have that kind of authority, especially when it's not stolen. We still need to pray no matter what because it's going to affect a lot of people. What is going on with these wars that are breaking out now are killing, really killing innocent people. You don't take sides. Get higher and see the scheme of the enemy. And he's doing exactly what he wants while the church is falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. There's not the good side and the bad side. There's evil people led by the enemy on both sides. And there's innocent people who love God on both sides. And everywhere else. We've got to get our we've got to get in higher places with God. But all things work together for good to those who love God and are called to his purpose. And I pray that over the people who know God. You pray for a move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we need to be praying like this in our nation. And Friday night's going to be really good. That's all I can say. All right. So then he goes, and they told David, saying, he did not go down to his house. And David says to him, have you not come from a journey? Why won't you go down to your house? He's, he's like, hey, man, cool guy, friend of mine. You've been out there on the battlefield. I know how hard that is. You've got such a beautiful wife. Go to your house. I want you to see something. When you have to try so hard, 
and you have to try to wiggle things around and make things happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Something's wrong when you have to plan and plot and scheme and try to make it work out the way you want it to work out. You're operating in witchcraft. If it goes beyond flesh. And if it's a constant thing that won't stop, you've gone beyond flesh. If it's something you had before and, and dysfunctional relationships and trying to, to control others, whatever it is you need, God is revealing, deal with it. Amen? Just deal with it. Just deal with it. Lay yourself on the altar. Spend time saying, show me me. Show me me. What's going on? Help. Help. Amen? We don't want to get into this place. Isn't this a perfect story for this? It's amazing that I just went and saw a play where they acted this out really good. So here he is already scheming, conniving. And, and his intentions is to cover up his sin, not deal with it. Now, he blatantly knew what he was doing. I think sometimes when we're deceived, we have to sit back and say, wait a minute, do I do that? And, and I've been asking the Lord, so I said, Lord, did I do anything to get somebody to do something that they didn't want to do? Something happened recently, it's a couple of weeks ago, and... Um, and I was worshiping and I couldn't enter in because the Lord's dealing with me about something. And I'm like, I'm like, what do I do? He said, you go to that person and you say, you're not going to do that. Either they do it or and led by Holy Spirit or they're not supposed to be doing it. So the Lord had me do it and it turned out great. It turned out great. The person was very anointed in what God was calling them to do. And then the heaviness lifted and the power of God came in the house. Amen. And, and so it's like this thing, Lord, show me what is going on. Because these, these snakes, as the Lord's dealing with now, these things that people heart tries to come in and cause, it tries to cause dysfunction. It tr what, what is the enemy's plan? Let something besides Holy Spirit lead you. If it's your carnal mind, it's an enemy to the things of God. If it's your flesh, then it opens you up to witchcraft and manipulation and even demonic uh, influence, if not worse. Amen? So that's why I'm like, Lord, don't let me do that. Get that out of my heart. And I know I have done that before. Amen? I've repented, renounced it, and tell you guys about it. Amen? And I'm just thinking, Lord, this is, wow, if we don't let you purge us, I don't want his power until I can handle his power without going to hell like Judas did or hurting anybody. Amen. We need to pray for the apostles that are going to have this power poured out in them and then train up people and pour that kind of power out into people because we are going to look at the biggest demonic mess ever if we do not let God do his work of, whole, of making us holy. Amen. All right. So here we go. Here he goes now. And he's digging deeper. And then he says to David, the ark, Israel, they're all living in tents. He's like saying, my fellow countrymen, they're all out there suffering. They're all living in tents. They're all going through this hard, hard thing. And my Lord Joab and my Lord's servants, they're all camping 
on their face in the field. And, and I, shall I go into my house, eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live, as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. He's like, I'm not going to go have a great time because you called me home to ask me some things. I, I just, I can't, my brain can't go there. I can't go there. I can't go there. Not when this is happening. And, and it, sometimes you can see in these people this heart that God wants in us that I need in me more. Amen? Just this heart, like, I can't do it. At the same time, I believe Holy Spirit really stirred that up in his heart. Holy Spirit was not going to let David get away with this. Now, David said to him, look, I got to kill you if you don't go sleep with your wife. That would have been better at least. I can't tell you why, but you know what? You go sleep with your wife or I'm going to have you murdered. Then the guy might have gone slept with his wife. They didn't have DNA testing back then. Amen? So here's David. Oh my gosh. He just swore. There's no way he's going to do this. And at one point it got him drunk. I don't know where that's at, but it, it's in here. Oh, it's coming up? Okay. And David says, okay, don't go yet. Tomorrow I'll send you away. And then go to 11.13. And David called for him. Now, okay, get this, get this, you guys. I want you to see this is deception. Here is how a king who knows God, who has a heart after God, who's watched God, who's been powerfully used by God, all right? So how many can say none of us are exempt from this possibly happening? And we should pray for our brethren and others when we see this kind of thing happening, right? And we really need to get off of our judgmental selves and want to see people fall. So here's David now. He goes, okay, okay. If I get him drunk, then at least he could go into his house, pass out, and maybe at least think he did something with his wife. So that's what David does. So what do we do? He's adding a part two to the scheme. This isn't working. This isn't working. Let me see. When you start getting that this isn't working and something in your brain starts trying to figure out ways to make things work and figure out ways to get your way and figure out ways for it to happen what you want and how you want it to happen and this and that and you just won't be honest, you're digging deeper and you're giving Satan more territory and authority in your life. And the enemy's setting you up. Now David got so in this, he became blind. I believe he'd be in the sense that he, he's sitting there and he would cover his sin so much to defend himself that he would murder a good friend of his. Isn't that horrible? Does anybody think David thought that was in his heart? The shepherd boy who sang to the sheep and defended sheep. And now he has this whole kingdom that God has put him in charge of. And one of his best Friends and good fighter. And let me just say this before we leave tonight. I know it's nine. We have to repent for allowing a spirit in any part of our life ever to try to scheme around things and work things out. We need to be honest. If you don't pay, don't go. 
if it says, you know, oh, this, and you know a way in, you know a way to get in without paying, then just don't go. God is requiring us to walk in a place of integrity. The thing in your brain that tries to figure it out and justify, it's not God. And it may not be flesh if it's a normal way of life or a way you got out of things before. If it's how you handled not getting caught when you were doing things you shouldn't have done. If it's a, then you need to see now, I took on a spirit of deception. I decided to use deceit to get out of things instead of facing consequences. And that spirit needs to be cast out of you. Amen. You need to see it. You need to hate it. You need to make it get really small and then tell it to go in Jesus' name. How do you do that? You tell the truth about everything. I remember when the Lord was really dealing with me about gossiping years ago because that's kind of a witchcraft. The Lord said, okay, the next thing you say, you go tell them you said it. Man, that shut me up really fast. That shut me up really fast. Can I say this? If I won't say it to you, I won't say it about you to someone else by God's grace. Some things you don't want me to say to you. And unless God makes me say it to you, I won't. But I have no trouble saying to you whatever God shows me. And when you come up and say, well, did God show you anything? You better mean it. Amen. God's really getting me to a place that your yes be yes and your no be no and don't play games. And if you don't want to know, don't ask me. Don't come up. Well, what do you see? Because I might see stuff you don't want me to let you know I'm seeing. Amen? And I wouldn't come up anyway unless God tells you to, to be honest, that way. You know, just, that's all right, Lord. You'll show it. You'll show me when you show me. Amen. But if he starts to show you, can, can you, do you understand there's a real gifting? There's a real reason for the, for the gifts of knowledge, for the gifts of discernment. There's real gifting, not just to, to draw a crowd and then prophesy over a few people and take a love offering. Amen. Or now sell tickets. Amen. There's a real reason. But if you have a heart to say, Lord, show me, don't, don't play around. Because I will, if he gives it to me. Now, if he says don't, they really don't mean it. I won't. Amen? Does everybody understand? And the same for you. If I come up to you and you say, she didn't do, I do, I do this with Karen. Donna will tell me whether I ask her or not. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Other people speak into my life all the time. And I have ears to hear, Lord, is what they're saying, you. And then when, if, if you have something to not hear it, that's okay. He'll keep repeating it and repeating it. And, and you just don't want to get to a place where something, the enemy gets involved. You don't want to get to a place where now it's the enemy involved because God, because you wouldn't listen when God tried to tell you. Amen. First, he will usually talk to you alone through his word. That's why I'm preaching like this. Is there, 
some of you probably never did this. I did this kind of thing all the time before I was walking with God. I would come up with how to get out of this. Like the time I went to the skating rink when I was a teenager. Now, I was old enough. I was like 16 or 17. And we took off in the car, and I drove because I was the only one with driver's license, to a, what would they used to be called? Foosball parlor or something? There we have. Anyway, it's where you played that game like we have over there. But it was like the cool hangout. And, and people were smoking and stuff in there, not pot and all that. Now you're only allowed to do that. But, but okay, I'm 16. It's really not a big deal that a 16-year-old goes to a foosball parlor, okay? So I, was, I wouldn't really be in trouble. But I went, and then I felt bad. So I was such, anybody whose kid was in my group, that was, they were very fortunate. We didn't drink. We didn't do anything. We never smoked a cigarette. Did, I drank my first beer when I was legal age, and I took one sip and thought, this stuff is nasty. I don't know what this is about, and that was it. That's my horrible party and lifestyle, okay? There it is, right there before you, all right? And so, but, but I had a mouth, okay? Like, I didn't cuss, but I, you know, smart mouth you, whatever. And so, stay away from her. She's such a smart mouth. Well, at least I'm not, when they all stayed away from me, they started drinking, partying, sleeping around, everything else. You should have let them stay around the smart mouth. Amen? That's, but so, so anyway, we got in this situation, and then one of the kids' mom, one of the kids freaked out, and she wasn't supposed to go. She was younger and all, and she was driving, and she was in the car with me, and she's like, I'm going to tell my mom. I'm like, you can't tell your mom. You, you, no, what it is, we all planned what the story was. Somebody, somebody got sick, and so we took them home. That's why our car wasn't at the skating because we saw one of the parents' car go by. Not mine. My parents, they, you know, somebody's car went by. I wouldn't even be in trouble, okay? Somebody's car went by. I'm like, oh, no, I'd be so much out. I said, okay, okay, we're going to take this person home. That's why our car's not there, and they got sick. You got sick. We're taking you home, and then everybody stick to that story. Piece of cake, right? Well, the one girl wouldn't lie to her mom. She's the one I'm trying to keep out of trouble. But it wasn't my job to keep her out of trouble. It was the perfect thing. We got back to the skating rink. We're like, yes, we, everybody went back in so we can really say we were at the skating rink. We left the skating rink. People saw us at the skating rink. La, 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 la. We didn't stay at the foosball party for 15 minutes. That, somebody, that car came by. We, I wonder if they always checked up on us. I don't know. But anyhow. So, so we're home. So we don't say anything to our parents. We're just fine. So what happened? I can't remember exactly what happened. What happened is, okay, so we knew that parent was probably going to call because they knew our car wasn't there. So my dad calls me in the morning, says, Cynthia, did you go somewhere besides the skating rink last night? Well, we did have to take one of the girl kids home for they were sick and we took them home. We went right back to the skating rink. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Because the parent had called. All right, about an hour or so later, that same kid tells the truth. Now, she's the hero. My dad was so devastated because it says, well, such and such says that's not what really happened. Cindy just came up with that because they were really at the foosball parlor, blah, blah, blah. I was allowed to go to the foosball parlor. I guess, oh, I don't know. My parents didn't care about something like that. So... My dad was so hurt because I lied straight to his face. And I've never done that before. And just watching how much it hurt him 
and we got to restrict or something. But the evil in me, I wanted to punish that person who did that. And they were never allowed to get in the car when I was driving again. And I'm the only one with a driver's license. Do you know, after I got saved, God made me go and apologize to that person and we're friends to this day. That was years later. Years later. I'm just saying, if you're going to really be holy, he's going to do this stuff. You don't get by with stuff without making it right. Even childhood stuff. I had to go back to some guy I had manipulated and lied to some stuff. That's another story. That's a really bad one. The Lord said, you tell them you're sorry. And if I hadn't done it, Satan could have given me mental illness down the road. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how detailed this goes, everybody. That's how detailed this goes. And people think, oh, you know, we're just holy because we went to one little thing. No, we have a God who wants everything under the blood. And if you really get on the altar, he's going to deal with stuff. And do you know, if we let him deal with stuff, Satan can't keep setting us up and hurting relationships and make, and get over it. You need to be in a deeper place with God. You cannot go there without getting a counterfeit, without repentance. You don't have to go there. Okay, let me tell you, you don't have to go there. You can be wood. You can be straw. You can even stay here being wood and straw. I choose to be gold. I want the refiner's fire. I ask for it. There will not be a true apostle or a person with apostolic power who has not been refined in the fire. It doesn't mean they can't take the mess back. It doesn't mean we judge them if they fall. Amen? Can I tell you, God has a power he wants to pour out and it's going to be amazing. And the church doesn't even know how much she's not ready for it. There's going to come a season. We're in that season. We have walked into that season of a deep, deep cleansing by the glorious Holy Spirit. And he's not going to let those things remain in you. He wants a bride without a spot or a blemish. Half of the church does not want oil. Half of the church has chosen the things of the flesh and the things of the world, and they will not be his bride. How all that plays out, I don't know. But I do know this. You can choose. He says in his house there's many vessels. You choose. You get to choose what vessel you're going to be. And your lifestyle will show it. If you're not getting stronger in God, deeper in God, more holy, more into his word, more in love with him, you are not walking in that place of wanting to be at that wedding supper of the Lamb. Amen? And then you ask Holy Spirit, help me have that hunger. Help me... Put me in that fire. I, I laugh sometimes when people say, oh God, do this, do this. And then they get really serious, they mean it. And then stuff starts happening. And then they're like screaming and yelling because everything's showing up. Stop, you asked for this. 
Now let him do what he's going to do. Right? So anyway, if you get to the whole thing, you'll see that David keeps, he keeps on plotting. He keeps on deciding. He keeps on trying to make this thing work out where nobody will find out what he did. So tonight, we're going to pray for God to deliver us and heal us and set us free and show us anything about deception where we tried to cover up our sin, our disobedience, let it rain by, by trying to come up with a plan to hide it and not ask for mercy. And we have teaching on this. We've done it before. And, and it's raining now, so you're going to get wet no matter what. So, <laughs> so if Holy Spirit is bringing anything to your thinking, if Holy Spirit has shown you, this is an area that I played in deception, maybe not as bad as I did, amen? But in any way, shape, or form, you chose to cover up something that would have gotten you in trouble or for whatever reason. And you plotted a plan. Just say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. I renounce the spirit of deception that I took on or I fed when I plotted and schemed to cover my sin or to stay out of trouble. Even if I did it, thinking I was helping someone else, it wasn't truthful. It wasn't of your spirit. And I ask you to set me free. I ask you to give me instruction. If there's anyone that I need to go and ask forgiveness of, Lord, I just open up my heart to you. Cleanse me, heal me, and break this power of deception off of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, felt that. Amen. So we're going to be on this topic for a while, amen? Because if he says about don't be deceived, how many know that's the first thing he says? Well, we better deal with that first, amen? Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.